0: Welcome back to another edition of the PerbLite Podcast. This is the seventh episode of PerbTake, where we do a weekly review of all the biggest news in sports. This is Jamie White, joined with Adam Goldsboro, Tyler Zeman, and Mitch Davis. And today we're going to be talking about Champions League over in Europe, post-All-Star Weekend in the NBA, the MVP race and such, uh, the retirement of George St. Pierre, and of course the NHL trade deadline. (laughs) All right, so first we're going to head over to Zeman, who's going to give us
1: some updates on the Champions League. So last week, the second half of the round of 16 teams faced off, and on Tuesday, we had scoreless games across the board. First, uh, Barcelona went to Lyon to face Olympic Lyon, and the game ended 0-0. It was a surprising result, honestly. Barcelona, uh, being a Spanish team and a very dominant team throughout Europe, Leon being a, a smaller French team uh, with not as much talent you expected Barcelona to come in and at least do something but they failed to do that and then moving on to the second game Liverpool versus Bayern. Bayern headed into England to face Liverpool and honestly Liverpool being home you expected them to win they've been in very hot form and they have a chance to win the Premier League this year, with Bayern, on the other hand, very uh, off-color, you could say, as in their German uh, table right now, they are f- far behind Borussia Dortmund for the German title, and they just haven't been themselves this year. And that game ended 0-0 in what was another kind of boring game. That It was very evenly matched for what we all expected, but it was again just boring from the score line and on the wednesday we have atletico madrid and juventus a big game for juventus as they specifically brought in cristiano ronaldo to win a champions league title as they haven't had too much success and you know this year that that, that was their whole goal with bringing in ronaldo they fell short as Madrid beat them two o and it was very surprising uh Juventus got very lucky throughout the game uh calls went but like calls went their way, and it was almost like the rest were trying to hand them the win, but Madrid fought through the adversity and it, well, it was a very fun match to watch and obviously one team went home happy, which was Atletico Madrid. Moving on to the second game with Man City and Schalke 04. This one was another fun game to watch. These games really made up for Tuesday's kind of disappointments and Man City won 3-2. It was very very surprising calls. Uh, Schalke again got a lot of the calls that went their way. Both their goals came from penalty kicks that were given and arguably very questionable calls made by the refs in this game as well and it was just the referees very much kind of kept Schalke in this game Man City had a red card they got this when they were down 2-1 and of course Man City being Man City there are just you never know what to expect and they fought back two goals to come out on top three two.
0: All right, next we're going to head over to Adam, who has some updates for the NBA. All right, so after the
2: All-Star weekend, a lot of teams are just now starting to play their games again. A couple of teams are starting to get back in their groove. Clearly, that really hasn't happened for the Lakers. No. The even, La- yeah, the Lakers. even though
0: LeBron literally said, this is the fastest I've ever started playing good after an All-Star playoff weekend. Playoff mode activated. Uh, LeBron,
2: yeah. his playoff mode activated really isn't that much of a thing, apparently. Mm, no. As the Lakers took on, the Pelicans, obviously, everybody knows the drama with them, and the Pelicans decided to sit Anthony Davis for rest, they called it, but we all know it's really not rest. And even then, the Lakers could not beat a Anthony Anthony Davis list Pelicans. Ooh. And they and they lost by thirteen points, which is quite surprising. The Pel- the Pelicans really have nobody else on offense but Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is not even that good on offense. It's kind of just embarrassing to see for the Lakers because I think even LeBron said after the game that they're just afraid. They're afraid to be different, and I I don't know. I, I think part of the blame goes on LeBron. I think I think LeBron just kind of messed up the entire team chemistry by trading or at least making it well aware to everybody that all of their players are available to be traded. Especially, especially all the young guys, you know, they're thinking, "Oh, we're about to get traded from L.A., literally the best NBA city in the country, pretty much."
0: Even if and you're well, playing for the Clippers,
2: yeah, it's it's L.A. as an NBA player, I'm sure that has its benefits, but I think that just hurt their self-esteem, and then going into this game, I don't, I don't really think much happened. It's just the Lakers put up a pitiful performance. LeBron is not the anchor he's been on defense for the last however many years of his career. But, you know, I, I got to give props to the Pelicans, and at least they won the game. But the Lakers, they need to start kicking it into gear or else they're not going to make the playoffs. and That would be kind of insane for the Lakers to not make the playoffs with LeBron. That would be, right. I think, the on- one of the only times
0: in LeBron's career he's never made the playoffs. And this team's it's not a lot better, like... I don't know if they're competing for championships yet, but this is definitely better than the Cleveland team he played with last year.
1: Yeah, and it adds a question going into um like the off-season after the playoffs, how good is a team with LeBron on it if you don't give him the right players like surround him with the right players. Like in Cleveland at least he was around guys that, you know, adjusted to him and you know, he- like really bought into what he was trying to do. And you question like if lebron lands on a team that doesn't really have that kind of chemistry that lebron got with the Cavs. how good are you actually going to be like how successful are they actually going to
0: be i think the biggest thing about this los angeles team from the cleveland team that cleveland team was all veterans you know a large majority and and lebron still i'm still confused a little bit why he went to los angeles because he's expressed his distaste for playing with young players um so maybe that's it maybe they're just not clicking you know maybe they don't know what a cd is and lebron does i don't know it'll be like you said it'll be interesting going into the offseason though where as he stated everyone could be traded
2: so yeah but in the offseason like people have to really start looking at it if they don't make the playoffs or even if they make it as an eight seed and get matched up against the warriors they're not gonna win it's gonna be probably a 4-0 sweep it People have to really start looking. Did Magic Johnson and Rob Kal- Rob Palenka really do a good job? Yeah, they got LeBron, but did they get anything else? Right.
0: Well, moving on from Los Angeles, tell us about the lights in Oklahoma City Thunder. All right.
2: So a big debate this season has been who's really the MVP. Some people think it's Giannis. Some people think it's James Harden. Some people think it's Paul George. But frankly, it should definitely be Paul George after this type of performance. The man is having a career here and he just recently had a game winner against the Jazz. It was a really nice floater over the top after taking two people off the dribble. It's something that Paul George really was kind of questioned for in the early part of his career. People thought he wasn't necessarily that clutch, and he's been, and you respect on a team with Russell Westbrook that he would be taking the last shot, but no. Russell Westbrook is kind of deferred to Paul George, which is something that Kevin Durant really never could do and that's maybe why they had problems and why they split but Paul George seems to be averaging an insane amount of points he's putting up performance after performance highlight play after highlight play and it just seems like nobody can stop him and I I would argue that he is a better player than James Harden at this current point well they're winning yeah they're winning a big part of
1: it Mm -hmm. Last year with Carmelo Anthony and Paul George and Russell Westbrook, they, weren't, they were a very shocking team last year, not not being as successful as everybody thought. And this year, like, they definitely picked up steam. There's definitely been a lot more stories surrounding the team, and I think it's helped them out, get them back into their groove.
0: Right. And, like, of course, like, the Rockets have struggled. You know, James Harden has been doing his thing. Chris Paul has been in and out, as has Clint Capella. Everyone's talking about this. Uh, streak of games with uh, James Harden heading towards another scoring title, but it doesn't really matter in the end if you're not winning, yeah. which is what sets uh, him and Paul George apart at this point, and Giannis, who's has the number one seat with the Bucks right now. So. Yeah, but I think Giannis still has a bit more to go, and so do the Bucks. They're still a really
2: young team, so yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily their year this year.
1: If you look at the teams that Giannis and the Bucks have to play in the East, it's not really as big as the the caliber teams in the West, you know. The Oklahoma City Thunder have to face the Warriors, the Lakers. Like, so do the Bucs. But night in and night out um, in the Eastern Conference, you get, like, the Pistons, you know. You get all those teams. You get that, the Bulls,
2: the Pistons. Yeah. I don't even know. The Cavs. Any team that basically is going to be in the lottery, the Knicks, you know. It's kind of – but, you know, Paul George, he's been really doing his thing this year. And I think it's just been recently that people have been really acknowledging what he's been doing because they are finally winning, which is nice to see because uh, the NBA is better whenever the Thunder are winning. I think everybody can agree with that. So.
0: Well, yeah, they're that small market team. They're not a Los Angeles. They're not a Chicago or, or a New York. So it's cool. It's like, a, it's like a win for the little guy.
1: Yeah. Unless you live in Seattle. Yeah, then it's just bad memories. <laughs> <laughs> and here to knock out the UFC storylines for the week is Jamin White. Great pun, Zeman. All right, so uh, UFC fans, of course, are going to be looking forward
0: to the next title fight UFC 235 with John Jones and uh, Tyron Woodley uh, headlining the event. Um, but recently, last Thursday in Montreal, one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time, George St. Pierre, finally called it Called it quits at the age of thirty seven. Um, yeah, the UFC community has come out and and MMA. Um, to, most have talked about what a great fighter he is, how he conducted himself, as uh, you know, a real stand up and humble guy. Um, the Diaz brothers did not feel the same way, um, but that's the Diaz brothers, and he, he beat them anyway. Um, so, at this point the UFC is still a very young league. They're just celebrating uh, 25 years. Um, so a new greatest of all time comes in every day and we've seen several examples. People talk about the Conor McGregor's, the Anderson Silva's, the John Jones, uh, you know, the Chuck Liddell's, the Rampage Jackson's. Um, but at this point it's hard to argue against George St. Pierre. He's had uh, 28 professional fights, lost two of them, but came back and avenged those fights. He has the most title fights in UFC history with 13. He has the most uh, takedowns by Walter White, most significant strikes landed by Walter White. And he's been in the game since 2002. So this uh, window that is usually very short, we've seen people like, most recently, Ronda Rousey who and uh, Conor McGregor, who have enormous extremely fast rises to the top and are sort of have sort of been fizzled out of course uh Ronda Rousey is no longer in the UFC Conor McGarger has been on a downcline for the last couple of years since the Floyd Mayweather uh money fight um so it's a very very tough league to stay on top of and the important thing to remember is GSP went out a champion he went out on top on his own terms which is very cool and unique to see not every professional fighter can say that they did that uh, Chuck Liddell towards the end of his career was getting paid more not to fight than he was to fight as he was, just got knocked out like four of his last five fights. So to see uh, a fighter of this caliber and of this class walk away from the game, obviously sad for the fans, but uh, his legacy is cemented and is certainly a future Hall of Famer. All right, lastly, we're going to head over to Mitch, who's going to talk about some of the biggest points from the NHL trade deadline.
3: Thanks, Jamin. The uh, 2019 NHL trade deadline was a pretty eventful one. Uh, Most of the moves that we expected to happen did. Um, We'll talk about the small trades first, uh, such as the Pittsburgh Penguins traded Tanner Pearson, who was newly acquired earlier this season, to uh, Vancouver in exchange for Eric Branson. Um, Keith Kincaid, goalie for New Jersey, got traded to Columbus. Marcus Johansson on the... Devils as well got traded to Boston. And other than that, that was the only real minor trades that happened yesterday. But the big milestone trades, the first one was Matt Duchesne and Ryan Dezingle to Columbus from Ottawa. Now, they were both traded on different days, um, but Ottawa definitely got in return that when they wanted, They got a few prospects and a couple good picks. Um, there was a first rounder in there as well. Uh, Matt Duchesne's already been pr- producing on his new team. Uh, already has a couple points i believe and ryan dezingle has been that fourth line third line center that they need um uh, mark stone was obviously the biggest free agent or well upcoming free agent he was unable to reach a deal with ottawa and so him. and what happened another ottawa vegas deal down to the wire on the before the 3 p.m deadline last year was eric carlson uh Ottawa wanted to trade him to Vegas, but they couldn't reach an agreement before the deadline. But, you know, Mark Stone's already happy with this new team. He's planning on signing a contract for eight years worth $8 million, uh, but he's unable to sign that yet. I believe it is after March 1st that he's able to do that. Uh, Wayne Simmons, another big name that was on the market, got traded to Nashville, making their team even better. That uh, was one of the places I least expected him to go. I figured either Tampa Bay, Toronto, maybe even stay in Philadelphia. But another trade that was really surprising when I first saw it was Mikhail Granlin to Nashville and Kevin Fiala to Minnesota. That was a one-for-one one trade. I like both these players. I think they're both gonna fit in well with their new teams. Minnesota, I don't think, won this trade. Um, I find Mikel Granlin to be the better player, but Kevin is a good scoring winger, and that you know might be the power that Minnesota needs. Um, but the first block, big blockbuster trade of yesterday um, after, on the actual day of the trade deadline was Kevin Hayes to Winnipeg. Um, that was, you know, he's finally going to play some. Well, not finally because New York has made the playoffs and have been performing pretty well in there. But um, he goes to Winnipeg to play with Patrick Ryan A., Mark Shifley, um, uh, and uh, Blake Wheeler. You know, that, their team gets even bigger. I think they have at least eight guys over 6'5". Um, but, you know, what's really going to come down to the wire for them is whether, as a team, y- they don't get tired uh, on NHL Network while they were talking about this trade. Um, one of the uh, broadcasters actually said, you know, when they played against Eric Lindros, since he was such a big guy and went into two overtimes playing against them, and, you know, they ran out of, they ran out of energy. Um, and the broadcaster's team was able to beat the Flyers. Can't remember his exact name. But... You know, Winnipeg's a really strong team. They've shown they can make a run uh, to this playoffs, but I think the real winners here are the Nashville Predators. They absolutely stole two players. I know the Flyers for Wayne Simmons, they were asking return a prospect and a first-round pick, and Nashville completely finessed them. They gave them a third-line winger, Ryan Hartman, and a conditional fourth-round pick that can only become a third. Um, You know, Nashville easily won this trade deadline. They got Mikael Granlin, Wayne Simmons. Their team is already good, and they've shown they can make a run, especially in twenty seventeen when they played the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins in the Stanley Finals and looked like the better team. But you know now it might really show. Vegas has been an instant contender with Mark Stone. Uh, Nashville got even better. Winnipeg got even better. And Columbus is really with the Matt Shane and Ryan single trade. They've shown they can really. They just need to get past the first round you know they've never won a playoff series got slaughtered by the penguins got slaughtered by the capitals all they need is just a good team to come around you know maybe they
0: have a good shot at this cup and who do you think is the best contender from each conference right now after the trade deadline from each
3: conference uh from the eastern conference i would easily have to say tampa bay lightning they're on an absolute tear nikita kucherov is playing incredible hockey Um, They've already hit 100 points, 60, 70 games in the season, with an opportunity for at least 24 more points, uh, which would be a franchise record. Um, But from the Western Conference, I am really tied between St. Louis and Nashville Predators. Uh, Nashville usually has the better team, but St. Louis has been on such a hot streak lately. They're really showing that they have what it takes to win the cup. Vladimir Tarasenko is playing amazing. Ryan O'Reilly is carrying this team. He's been unbelievable, especially to come from a team like Buffalo who was the worst team in the league last year. They they, you know, they want this cup and we'll just have to wait and see. It
0: certainly be, it'll certainly it'll certainly be interesting as we move forward in the next couple of months for the most exciting brand of hockey, which is playoff hockey by far. Thanks Mitch. Oh, thanks Damon. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Perp Light Podcast. This has been Perp Take, where we do a weekly review of all the biggest news in sports. This has been Jamin White, joined with Adam Goldsboro, Tyler Zeman, and Mitch Davis, now signing off.